at the end of the day, if Uni never reached out to me to be a part of their program and uh, team, uh, I would still be doing the same thing I'm doing right now. What's happening? What's good, though? It's your boy. I drift. How are you doing today? And happy holidays, by the way. I'm doing great, in case you were wondering. Today we have Mike from Pizza in the Sack. Mike is an Airbnb pizza educator, and he is an Uni ambassador. And if you didn't know, both of those are pizza businesses. I thought this would be a fun way to explore other options uh, aside from owning a pizza restaurant. Because as Mike and I discuss, a pizza restaurant isn't necessarily for everyone. If you have kids, if you need your weekends, having a pizza restaurant like a brick and mortar may not be the best move, but there are other ways you can get involved in pizza. So yes, this is a great episode. So make sure you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember to always ask, what's good, Doe? Okay, it's no longer a surprise for many of you, so I'm not even going to wait the 10 seconds. But please, before you continue on with the show, I appreciate you all for adding me on Instagram and letting me know what's up. I know, I'm, I'm starting to show my age. I, anyway, yes, thank you for adding me on Instagram and letting me know your comments and your feedback and you know, just engaging with me because this is what the community is about, talking it out with folks, sharing lessons learned, concepts, all of that. And I want to know what questions you want to, uh, what questions you want me to focus on and ask. Um, I'm starting to get an understanding of who my audience is. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to keep making a show for you. So please let me know what's good though. If you want to help the podcast at no cost to you, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, I know I always share the podcast on Spotify. Go to Apple Podcasts. Give me a review, please, so that we can share this podcast with other pizza peeps. Now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember to always ask, what's good, though? Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Great, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I appreciate you being here. First question for you. There's no right or wrong answer. What's good dough? I think for me, it's uh, sourdough, anything sourdough related since I'm a sourdough baker, sourdough pizza maker, kind of on the sourdough train. I feel like that's a cool thing to be on right now. It's so it's not as consistent as like the commercial yeast and you kind of have to baby it. Uh, right now it's cool, kind of cool because it's like uh, colder in Northern California. So I can do more like room temperature, uh, sourdough, pizza making. Whereas like summertime when it's like 100, 110 degrees in Sacramento, I basically got to make my dough and put it right into the fridge or else it's going to overproof. So it's crazy how the you know climate changes uh, affects the dough as well. So. I find it interesting. I'm learning firsthand how it's so cold in my house that I don't need to refrigerate my dough. It's really cool. Yeah. But I want to go back to the sourdough part because after looking at your Instagram, it seems to be 
super prevalent uh, when you first started and still prevalent to this day. Um, what is it that you like about sourdough? Yeah, I think it's just when I first started, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was doing like the commercial yeast. And then finally, I saw a couple of people's Instagrams like Rosso sourdough. Uh, I was like, damn, these guys make awesome pizza. And of course, you get you ask the question, like, what are you doing? And it's all about like the sourdough. But going back to it, uh, why sourdough is the actually one of the biggest things was a documentary on Netflix called Cooked, the air episode. Highly encourage everyone to watch that. Um, but kind of motivated me to kind of get on the sourdough train, um, basically for like the digestibility aspects. And uh, when you eat sourdough, if it's properly fermented, I mean, the digestibility is completely different than something else uh, that's a quick rise uh, dough that you find like in a commercial kitchen. Of course, you can use a commercial yeast and have it digest uh, nicely, just like sourdough, but uh, it's totally different going to like uh, Little Caesars versus like a properly fermented pizza. You just feel completely different. So I think that's one of the reasons why I kind of jumped on that. Uh, and um, that's part of one of my classes too. Uh, my backyard experience, uh, not only is it for pizza, but also uh, implement the sourdough aspect. And everyone in my class gets a, a one of my starters. Um, part of my starter actually, actually made from scratch a couple years ago even before the pandemic so I guess I'm like an OG sourdough guy now uh, since I didn't start it during the pandemic but uh, again there's no like right or wrong way I mean there's you can use different flours rye wheat uh, bread uh, and your sourdough dynamic changes based off of the uh, back, natural bacteria uh, in your climate your area and natural bacteria in your fl uh, flour as well so it's kind of cool yeah, you have a mature starter by now, hopefully. Very mature, yeah. It's kind of cool to see the people who have been to my class or even my neighbors, or actually my dad's really involved in the sourdough now. So kind of see that um, was my is my starter, and then you can kind of spread it to different people. So it's kind of cool to see. Yeah, I, I love that you give some of your students a, a, a parting gift. I have... Um, two episodes, one that just aired last Friday and one that's going to be airing this week. And they all have like a parting gift, whether it's lemon heads or a Michael Jordan card, as you'll hear. Um, oh, yeah. And it's really cool. And I think giving away sourdough is dope because they can yeah. take it home and they can nurture it and, and play with it. And, and maybe that'll get them hooked. Yeah. I think I know who the MJ card is, Miriam, probably. Yeah, <laughs> she's going to yeah. be coming out. It's kind of crazy time. how it's like we're in 3,000 miles away and Instagram's like uh, kind of makes the pizza community pretty small. It's dope. It really is. And she's so community oriented too. She like, yeah, no, I mean, she has her experience working with Scott and she's just all over <clears throat> New York, um, you know, spreading the pizza love. And yeah, so it's, it's natural that we're going to hear about her 3,000 miles away. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Awesome to see. I want to talk more about your classes because I mean, I love pizza and I love business and you teaching is obviously a, a business. What, uh, one of your businesses, uh, what, what do you do as a class and, and tell me more about it? So I kind of wanted to find my niche at first. I knew I was like, uh, you have a full-time job. I have three little toddlers at home. Uh, my wife owns, uh, 
a wedding and events business. So she's always super busy. So opening like a pizza shop wasn't really, or even a food truck wasn't really uh, in the cards at the moment. So I wanted to kind of find my niche and, and figure out what to do. So um, Rosal Sourdough, I don't know if you follow him. He was one of the Uni uh, ambassadors. And then he actually went to, he moved his family from Southern California to Scotland. Now he's like the head of engineering for Uni. But before all that, we were, uh, we were kind of, I call them, I call all these guys my pizza pen pals, right? I never actually met them, but I love that. Yeah, consider them, <laughs> consider them friends and uh, chat all the time. So he is actually nice enough to uh, give me like his lesson plan and kind of give me how he started. He actually did the Airbnb classes in his backyard, like I do. And um, it's kind of like my mentor as far as uh, how, to, how I got started in this. But um, I use Airbnb as a platform, which is kind of cool because I didn't really know how popular it was. You go to a different area, like say if you're traveling and you, instead of having like, uh, you know, what the, uh, everyone else recommends like you can go you can get like straight from the uh you know the authentic experience yourself obviously sacramento there's not a crazy amount of things here uh where people travel for but i mean if you're local i've had people come from a couple hours away like chico uh to people coming to visit and they want like a fun experience for uh friends and family for like the night you know so that's kind of a cool thing to offer uh, but the reason I got into it, going back to your question, is I wanted to find a niche and in my way, something that I can do in the pizza community uh, and not have it be super overbearing for my family um, and also have something fun. I can kind of pass on my knowledge. Uh, when I first started getting the pizza, my pizza, just like everyone's, was awful, right? So uh, I think that's the cool part about pizza or just like anything you do, sports, job, whatever. You always want to kind of strive to get better and better. So uh, I think that's kind of what people see. I see a lot of on Instagram. Uh, I don't do very much Facebook, but uh, you know, you see people's pizza and you see the progression they make. And it's kind of nice to be kind of proud of that and uh, you know, see and like give them props on that. Definitely. I absolutely find so much enjoyment in looking at your pizzas all the way from like when you started. I love seeing the progression. Uh, you know, I was yeah. listening to this one, uh, a couple of podcasts who have, it's been a revolving theme. It's like, just post your stuff, right? It, it's right. not going to be perfect right away. Um, but when you're in it every day and then you actually post it and you see like your progression over time, it's proof that you're actually putting in the work versus you being afraid to put yourself out there because it doesn't look like yours today. Everyone has to realize it took you, you know, some time to get there. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I could always like delete my prior, my first few posts, right? But why would I do that? If people really want to go back and see, they can see like, oh, the pizzas looked you know, good. I mean, it's obviously edible and delicious, but not as good as they look now. But obviously, you got to start somewhere. And that's one of the things I like to do is, because um, a few people actually were nice enough to take the time to kind of uh, write me back on DMs and kind of give me uh, a few tips. So what I like to do is I like to just anyone in the uni community or even home cooks that are use uh, baking steel, if they ask me what's going on and I, I, you know, I have time to help, I, I, I love just reaching out and, uh, you know, it gives me pleasure if they shoot me a DM after saying like, 
family party went awesome thanks to you or they uh, do a story and they tag me uh, that because of my tips you know not all their friends and family think they're like the pizza master so I kind of think that's cool uh, being able to do that and uh, share the pizza love add on to your pizza pen pal list <laughs> yeah for sure for sure uh, I want to talk about uh, is it am I pronouncing it right Rosso Rosso? Yeah, Rosso Sourdough, yeah. Rosso Sourdough. Was it as simple as you just reaching out to that person and, and saying, hey, teach me about sourdough? Like, what did you ask? Because I feel that people are listening to this, getting into the pizza game. Some of them may be scared, right? Even though you and I both know how easy it is to just DM someone, right? Yeah. You're not going to get a hit every time. But like, what did you say yeah. to them? You know, it's, it's been a couple of years, so it's like uh, jogs my memory, but I actually uh, reached out to him on my personal page before I started Pizza in the Sack. And um, at the time, it's crazy. I don't even know how many followers he has now, but I think at the time he had like less than a thousand, but uh, he was very open to, you know, telling me about the situation. And he would just, he, he actually told me about the uh, documentary to watch. Uh, so I watched that, kind of got inspired on that. Um, and then after that, there's so much on the, on the internet as far as YouTube and whatnot. So uh, I went on uh, YouTube, kind of looked up how to make a sourdough starter and just kind of did more research on that end. And that kind of just inspired me and kept it going. I would say 95% of my pizzas now are all sourdough starter based. Uh, the only time I don't use it, if I'm making something like experimenting with like a Poolish or like Tony Gemignani, he has like a Tiga. I did that the other day. So uh, at the end of the day, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool to kind of use the sourdough. I actually got another guy. He's like a really cool pizziolo, Edgar from uh, Ohio and pizziolo. And I told him to start using sourdough and that's like all he uses now. So again, it's really cool to see people uh, kind of jump on the train and inspire them. Yeah. I'm, sourdough is so delicious. I mean, I get lazy and don't want to put in the extra time to feed my sourdough so i leave it in the fridge and in order for me to you know get a sourdough pizza going i got to take it out of the fridge let it like get to temp and then feed it and wait for it and all that it's extra work but i definitely think it's worth it yeah if you are like a once a month bread baker or a pizza maker i don't think i'd recommend sourdough as much uh, if you're making pizza once a week like i am at least once a week um uh, you know, it's great to use because it'll, it'll hibernate in the fridge really nicely for a week and you can take it out and, uh, you know, get rid of some discard. Another cool thing is there's so many discard recipes that, um, if you don't, if you're not a food waster and you, you can always use it for something. Do you have a go-to, uh, discard recipe or one well, that you made recently that you loved? A couple of times a year. I don't make it too often. I do, um, donuts, sourdough donuts. Hmm. So that's all that's always pretty cool uh, i do i do uh, like focaccias uh there's actually sour discard a pizza dough you can do so a lot of different things i know going back to rose hill he actually has an ebook so if you're looking to get into uh, pizza you can dm me or look at him and buy his ebook and he has discard recipes on there which is cool sweet great suggestion just going back to your to your classes, like, are you still doing them? At the moment, I have them on pause. Uh, they did open back up a little bit, but the reason I kept it on pause, I think I'm going to pause it until all this is over, 
his, I've had a few, uh, I had to cancel because of all this. So you, you go up to like a week or two before the event and then uh, not only am I bummed, but the classmates are bummed that it has to be canceled. There's so many, uh, so much work that's involved, just like normal pizza, right? If you're making pizza on Friday, usually like on Tuesday or Wednesday, you're making the dough in advance and buying the ingredients. So right. um, I think just for everyone's sake to make it easier, I'm just going to wait till after the pandemic. I have done a couple outdoor private classes uh, since March. And those really uh, were really fun. Uh, I did one like a retirement party. Another guy, uh, Nick, he's super cool. He was looking to get into like the uni community and him and his friends and wife were uh, wanted to do like almost like a pizza learning party. So that, that part was pretty cool. But uh, going through like a, like a corporation like Airbnb and dealing with that, plus like all the regulations, uh, I think it's, it's smart just to, you know, keep it postponed for now kind of hold off right until yeah. until everything's safe to do right when you were doing the classes how many ovens did you have going at the same time uh the most i have is three so uh it's kind of funny i live on a court and uh i think what is it five houses now have unis on the court <laughs> so one of my buddies uh he started a, a pizza page it's not super active, but uh, Rocktown Pies, it's called. Uh, he has a, a Unicoda, so he let me borrow that a few times. And uh, it's kind of fun. Once a year, we do a, a court pizza party. So we got like uh, this must have been last year because of this pandemic going on. But uh, we had like my Uni Pro, my Unicoda 16, and then his Coda. We're all sitting out there making pizzas, which is fun. But yeah, I mean, for like a class of nine people, I mean, I don't blame them, but no one wants to wait on one pizza right, or pizza oven, right? So to have the power of uh, those ovens, is pretty cool. Definitely. I have actually taken a few uh, just cooking classes in person myself. And yeah. yeah, I can't stand just sitting there waiting for yeah. another novice food maker to get their food. And, you know, it takes time because you're new to this and then right. they get to pull it out and eat it in front of me. And I'm just like, ah, oh, come on. So it's, yeah. it's smart that you can uh, get a few ovens out there. Yeah. If it's a big class, I like to even set the, the tone saying like, okay, um, you know, there's nine of you, right? Three pizza ovens, obviously we're going to take turns, but these pizzas cook and, 60 seconds to two minutes depending on what style you're doing so it's not like it's going to take very long but you kind of just have to let them know but most people don't care plus it's like on oh, my class i let them cook uh it's almost like a buffet they can cook two or three if they want but most people only cook one. Oh yeah i i just remember you're you're cooking them on the uni so they're just they're popping out real quick yeah quickly. yeah sometimes i'll do uh like wood wood fires you know a lot more difficult during these classes my last pizza class, I did two gas and I actually did one wood fire with the Uni Pro. So that was actually kind of cool to show them the wood fire, but also had two uh, Unicoda 16s there as well. But another cool thing is too, is I'm uh, since I'm affiliated with Uni, um, it, people like go to these classes and they're like, oh, I got, I got to buy one of these things after. So it's a great selling point, uh, great marketing for uh, the brand as well. Yeah, I bet. I, I definitely want to ask you about that. Like, how did that happen for you? How did you become an ambassador? You know, it's, that's hard to answer that question. Um, 
I started this journey and my, my wife gave me the, I had it in my Amazon cart for a while, like the, my, the Uni 3. So finally for my birthday, she just uh, pulled the trigger without even me knowing, which is kind of cool. And uh, I got the Uni 3 and just started, like I said, pizzas weren't the best. I was using the pellets. Pellets are pretty difficult at first. Um, then I got the gas attachment, obviously that's easier. And then the progression of pizza getting better and better. And then I was just like, like we talked about earlier, I would post my pizza uh, and then it kept on getting better and better. And also one thing I like to say is, um, you know, I, I don't just make like a margarita pizza, right? It's also fun to get exotic, something new and exciting and also help the other people in the community because everyone started from the basic, right? Unless you're like a, a chef or, you know, worked at a pizza kitchen when you were, uh, you know, in high school or current career. So a lot of these people are trying to start from like a new hobby. So helping them out, I think they saw that as well. But as far as like the, there was no like application or, um, you know, me reaching out to them saying like, hire me or give me a, uh, be an uni ambassador. So huh. that's like the hard question. I can't really answer exactly how I did it, but uh, <laughs> here, here I am today. I'm, I mean, obviously there's other pizza makers out there that I'd say that make better pizzas than me, but. I'm just going to take this and run with it, right? They just reached out to you via Instagram one day and was, and said, do you want to be an ambassador? Uh, it wasn't that easy. They actually emailed me and I did like a, it was like a Zoom uh, interview and they kind of talked to me. I don't know if they wanted to see like my personality or whatnot, but at the time, I'll, I'll retrace my foot. At the time, they had this thing called the Uni Army and I think that, that didn't go very well. Uh, so they asked me to be in the uni army and then I was like, that, I was pretty excited about that. And then one day I get a call from one of the um, managers over at uni and they're like, we got bad news and good news. They're like, we're, we're getting rid of the uni army, but we would like to have you be one of our brand ambassadors. So I was like pretty stoked on that. So how did you get in the uni army then? Was it the same process? They I think it was the same process, you know, if you're in the uni community and tagging them and um, kind of being supportive to one another. They kind of wanted the people within that community to, uh, you know, show off, show off their unis and help people out. But uh, so I think that's the reason, the way I got into that. Was uh, the uni army less uh, exclusive? Like, could anybody be a part of the uni army? And then from No, that no, it was... Uh, it wasn't as exclusive as ambassador, but I think they had like 20 or something. I don't know exactly. Okay. Um, I actually never really did the uni army because they asked me, they had people doing it and they asked me later on. So I was actually never officially in the uni army because uh, they canceled it as I was going to do it and then asked me to be an ambassador. So got it. Yeah. Do you, and you said, you mentioned earlier, Ro Rosso Sourdough is also in the uh an ambassador did he have or she is it a person he yeah it's um uh, his name is mike also uh, oh, okay. did yeah. your did your name twin have anything to do with it like yeah i mean i don't know i mean i'm sure he did uh he always uh always very supportive so he he was an ambassador now he's he works there he's a engineer um, so i'm sure he i'm sure he uh i'm sure he had something to do with this so i appreciate that for for sure but uh, you know, I don't know exactly. That's the hard part. 
people all the time ask me how it, how it happens. I'm like, I give them that same answer. And they're probably like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. No. So it's true, though, because I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea how it happens. I'm, I'm, I guess my goal in asking these questions is I'm just trying to create this like thesis that I'm just going to hold on to, like create this story yeah. and I'm going to be like, maybe this is your best chance to become an uni ambassador. And, and, and so far, yeah. if let me, uh, here's my thesis, network with people who are in the uni community, um, you know, be supportive as you've said, and then also just cook a ton of stuff with your uni uh, as you've been doing and and try to promote the product as best you can without it looking like you're doing a hard sell because it doesn't seem like that. Yeah, I do have, uh, I do get sales credits. So I'm not going to lie about that. So I do you know, post stories saying like, use my link, et cetera. That kind of helps me support like uh, buying more cheese and pizza ingredients and keep this thing going. It's not like I'm paying my mortgage from it, right? Right. Um, but going back to the positive, you know, it's all about being positive in the pizza community. So I did, I did notice a bunch of people like having like competition about like trying to be, get as many followers as they can, or uh, I'm going to be an ambassador before you and just different things like that. So there was some like, once I became ambassador, it's weird because I, I got in the middle of some like kind of negative beefs. Oh, really? I'm like, I don't even know what you guys are doing. You know, I have, I have no control over who they pick as an ambassador. So I don't even know why you're involving me. Right. So it's just, uh, I kind of, I kind of calm those down a little bit saying like, you guys, they can kind of see this going on. So um, if you, if this is your goal, you should probably like stop that. You know, it's like watching the bachelorette, right? All the guys are bickering. <laughs> with each other yeah just stay away <laughs> it's best to just stay away it's <laughs> yeah yes i watched the bachelor with my wife <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm so interested in just the ambassador uh part of your life because that to me is definitely a business i mean you get sales from it yeah. um and i'm sure you get some other perks that i'd love to you to, for you to talk about um what else do you get from be from being an uni ambassador oh you do get uh you know to test out and sample all the, the different products and ovens. So that's Super definitely cool. a huge, huge benefit of that. Um, we don't get too much inf inside information, but if there is a new oven that comes out, we help beta test that. Wow. Uh, I haven't really, I haven't been, I haven't been uh, involved. I've only been involved for about six months now. Uh -huh. so a new oven hasn't come out yet. So I haven't been in that process yet. So I am looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, you do get a uh, monthly retainer. Uh, like I said, you get some sales credit. Um, we do have, you know, make videos. I mean, most of my videos I'm, I'm making that get posted, I'm, I'm doing like two months prior. Mm. So we always have something in the pipeline. We want to kind of help show things, tips and tricks to help show like the uni community, uh, different ways to use their ovens. So essentially you're a content creator, right? For, for uni. Right. Yeah. So I did start, um, I did start my, uh, Airbnb experiences before I was ever asked to be in the uni uh, ambassador community. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thought that's what I was going to be doing. You know, uh, at this point, since COVID, I haven't had to basically postpone all my classes. So I've been focusing on content. Uh, one of the things I like to do is, you know, watch YouTube videos, uh, like Sam, the cooking guy and mm. different things like that and kind of get an inspiration about like, the hottest trends. Right. And then kind of go from there. I do have a couple things uh, up my sleeve uh, for the near future that's going to be kind of fun. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, content creator. Uh, one of the things I kind of helped pioneer, I can't say I developed the idea, but kind of uh, running with it is like the low and slow method on the uni. Mm. Uh, it's almost like a New York style bake within the uni. They do market their ovens as like 60 second quick fires. But growing up in California, we never really ate Neapolitan pizza. So I don't know about you, but like, uh, it's never really, you know, and then once you start making the 60 second pizza, it's floppy, it's soupy. I do love it, but most people, it isn't very good for like party food, right? So if you're going to make a Neapolitan and once it sits out for 10 minutes, it's not very good. Yeah. So it's one of those things you have to eat right away. Right. But, um, this new method of low and slow, the heat holds it better. It's like a no, a very little flop, uh, crispy. It's probably more uh, Americans can relate to it more, but yeah. it's uh, it's my it's my favorite uh, bake on the uni right now. Definitely, it's just it's it's more fitting to the pizza that we grew up with, our palate. Um, yeah, the texture. So, that. It's also kind of cool. I mean, I can do like a uh, low and slow, and then the next pizza I can make a traditional margarita Neapolitan. It's nice to have the different dynamics on the same plate. Yeah. It's a pretty versatile oven. Very versatile. On, on the Unicoda 16, for instance, they have a hack called a low, low hack, and you can actually control the heater to around 400 degrees up to about 1,000. Sheesh. So, like, I've done, like, uh, pizookis in there, like, a, you know, the skillet cookie. Uh-huh. I've actually made, like, breakfast camping in my skillet. I've done eggs, bacon, uh, French toast. I've done like, I don't know if you saw my uh, wood fire video, but you can do that in the uni as far as like making fajitas. Uh-huh. Uh, super good. Steaks are unbelievable. I have a Traeger Ooh. as well. So I, I do a reverse sear. I'll smoke my, Ooh. like a ribeye and then yeah. I'll sear it. I'll sear it like it's 700 degrees in the uni to get the nice crust. <laughs> so it's kind of next level doing all that <laughs> steps, but it's, it's worth it. Um, I think I know what you're, what hack you're talking about. Uh, you called it the low, low hack. Is that what, what you yeah. said? Is it, uh, yeah, can, low, can we low. share it? It's basically, uh, uh, the top of the button on high, if you push it down, like you're going to go turn it off, the, the flame will actually go lower than it is on low. And you can actually hold the flame there uh, to keep the consistent little low temperature. You can't do that on the, um, regular coda and you can't do that on their uh, gas attachments so i don't think it, it obviously wasn't designed like that but uh, i think it, it doesn't hurt the oven as well so it's definitely a cool feature very cool i, I actually did not know that that's thank you for sharing yeah so yeah. that's one of the things if someone asks me I, I get a lot of questions you know pros and cons uh different ovens and uh I think at the moment, even though I love the Uni Pro, I think the Uni Coda 16 is probably the most convenient and versatile oven just because of that aspect. Yeah, I, I I love the size of it. I mean, 16 inches, you can make a huge yeah. pizza with that. And next thing you know, you can serve a bunch of people and it'll heat up fa- fast and you can serve even more. Uh, you can't get that with any other uh you can't get that with a rock box at least right yeah. it's competitor i know they are coming out with a new one uh hasn't come out yet but that's also the price point's going to be completely different uni right. 16 is uh 500 whereas i think the new rock box is going to be like 
1500 i mean don't quote me but it's like three times the amount so yeah. you also got to consider that um when you're buying these different ovens so yeah i mean i think that one is definitely more catered towards like the wood-fired enthusiast are you referring to the gosney dome yeah the gosney dome yeah yeah like i was just i was hoping that they were going to come out with like a bigger rock box um, but that, yeah. I feel like those two products, product lines are going to be completely separate moving forward if they continue to yeah. expand the Rockbox product, which I hope yeah, they do. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, someone like when I was first starting, going back to the Uni 3, I think it was $300 when my wife bought it. Like, I'm not going to spend $1,500 uh, on an oven if I don't even know how to make a pizza yet. Right. It's kind of funny. Uh, I don't know how many people listen to this, no roundtable pizza. Yeah. But like uh, me being an accountant, I was trying to figure out how many round table pizzas do I need to not buy in order to make this pizza oven worthwhile? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, if I average it out, like if I make 10 pizzas in this oven and never make pizza ever again, I'm at least going to get my money's worth, right? Smart. So obviously I've made more than 10 pizzas, but you know, if, if you're one of those people who are on the fence about it, you know, 10 pizzas going out. Uh, compared to how much an oven costs, like you can kind of just justify it that way. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good, great way of thinking of it. I mean, I would factor in like cost of goods, maybe, and maybe increase that number from ten to like maybe fifteen. And you also got to count yeah, the throwaways. Yeah. Uh, but at the yeah, end of you're the day, right. you're still eating those throwaways. They're still going to be pretty good. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> but fifteen pizzas. I mean, I love round table, but it's weird because I used to we used to always get round table pizza and. Now that I consider myself like a pizza hipster, like <laughs> it's just not the same anymore, man. <sighs> I grew up on Round Table. I don't know if you heard the episode with a Brian Spangler, a Pizza Shoals, and he also grew up on that style of pizza. And I just I had it once early this year in April, and then once again uh, a couple weeks ago, right after that, uh, right before the show aired. And it was just disappointing. Like it looks yeah. good, it, right? It, it looks, you get that nostalgic or that nostalgia looking at it, but like the taste, it's so, it was so stale. Yeah. I mean, it's still our go-to like chain pizza place, but I got a question for you. Are you pan or original? Ooh, for your, for round table? Yeah. I don't even think I've ever had the pan. I think it's just original. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We go, we go pan out of this house. The okay. thicker pizza is pretty good. I didn't know they had a pan style at Round Table. Yeah, it's pretty good. What? It's a little thicker dough. Yeah, it's good. Oh, I got to try that. I just had... Um, <laughs> I need been... Round Table next week. <laughs> I, uh, even though I am... I don't know. You refer to it as a pizza hipster. I probably associate myself closer to you than, than anything. I don't know what to call myself. But even though I have like a, a finer appreciation for pizza... Yeah. I still get the chains uh, because it's quick and easy sometimes, sometimes with my with my lifestyle. I just had Little Caesars the other day and I tried their thin crust. I don't care what people have to say about Little Caesars. They got some they got some good stuff sometimes. And then I had Pizza yeah. Hut the other day. Also the thin crust. I'm I'm trying to, you know, at least if I'm going to go for the chains, I'm going to try something new so I have something to compare it to. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was pretty satisfied with Pizza Hut's Thin Crust, eating it super late at night when nothing else was open. And yeah, you know, I, I love my chain pizzas. There's a place for every pizza out there. So yeah. $5 hot and ready for the kids. They're not going to know the difference between no. that and like a, a, or a Costco pizza for a birthday party. It's like, okay, these kids don't care, right? So <laughs> spend $10 on an extra large versus, you know, 
three hundred dollars at round table and they wouldn't oh, even know gosh. the difference. For sure. But I mean, there's like obviously a different restaurant. Like Sacramento has like a, a handful of great pizza restaurants. Uh, it's not like a huge community like the Bay Area, but I mean, there's people out there. Uh, pizza Supreme Bean, One Speed Pizza. They're making like amazing pizzas, uh, like artisan style. And it's like the small batches, you know, like they sell like, I think Pizza Supreme uses natural leavening like me and they sell like 40 pizzas a day. So I kind of like that stuff, you know, they're not using frozen dough and have an endless supply in their freezer. Yeah. I kind of think that's cool. No, that that's great. I like, for me, my ideal pizza business would be, I have this number that I need to hit every day and that will make me like, you know, financially independent where right. I just need to hit that number. And even if I don't hit the number, I'll still have like a, a little bit of leeway. Um, but you know, that'd be my ideal, like, oh, okay, I make 50 pizzas a night. Cool. Chill in the rest of the week. Right. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. I think if I do open up a restaurant, which highly doubtful, it'd probably be like more like old school pizzeria arcade, uh, separate room for like uh, sporting parties and kind of like more nostalgic people. Like people remember going to the pizzerias when they were kids. Um, yeah. Always doing like the suicide sodas, you know, different things like that. Having like good craft local beer on tap. Yeah. Uh, keeping it, you know, keeping it really, really good, really good quality. Uh, also my idea, I saw someone on like the, in the UK do this, but like a like a micro bakery where you take different uh, home bakers from the area that might have their cottage license and they have a storefront at first where they can go pick up bagels or fresh bread or, or bakery items. And then on their way, and, and then towards the back have my pizza and have like the pizzeria. Uh, so not only is it cool to show off the local other bakers, but also that'll help um, supplement some of the rent costs as well. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I totally dig that because it, I think when there are multiple businesses in one business, you can split it up. And then also there are times where the bakery is going to be more popping, like in the morning and then in the evening, right. right or, or lunchtime, the pizza is going to be more popping and it's just a better use of space. You're still paying that one, you know, monthly rental fee, but it's being utilized way better throughout the day. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. So it's just a you know pipe dream right now. So right, uh, I like my current job and good. In the future, in the future, I want to do like coach baseball and be present with my kids' activities. So at the at the time, like you know, working my uh, eight hour day and being able to do whatever I want after is very very freeing. Uh, not being like a slave to the pizza shop is nice, and also with the pizza pizza going back to the pizza classes, being able to control my calendar is is crucial. Yeah. Um, so that is very, very uh, cool. Cause I mean, if so, no one books a class that day, it's like, okay, well, uh, I, I still can have provide, you know, for my family. And it's more of just like almost paying it forward for sure. And uh, have it, letting people have some fun. I mean, if people don't book a class that day, you can go create some content for uni, right? Uh, right. The good thing is you have the flexibility. You said, you know, you're not a slave to the job and that may be an extreme for some people, but I've definitely heard like you are, when you run a pizza business, you're always thinking about that thing. And yeah. that's definitely turned me off uh, from actually wanting to own a brick and mortar, right? I'm still yeah. 
trying to formulate what I want, uh, but I've definitely been turned away from it. From from starting this podcast, I was like, yeah, I'm going to own a pizza business ASAP. And now I'm thinking like, like you said earlier, it may or may not be in the cards or it may not be in the cards in the immediate future. I might have to slow things down a bit. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I think I kind of feel the same way. Like right now, making the dough, kind of thinking about what I'm going to be doing for like the weekend or if we we have a we have a pool in our backyard. So we like to entertain a lot. So summertime, I'm thinking like, oh, we're going to have this many people looking forward to making these pizzas. It's kind of relaxing making the dough. It's kind of like my time, right? So uh, if it becomes like a task or a, or a job per se, then it's like, okay, it doesn't become fun anymore. Yeah, I agree. Like yeah. one thing I'm working on right now is, okay, if, if I'm in the pizzeria, I mean, if I'm in the kitchen, how would a, a, a business owner or like a, a line cook act? And I find myself like grouping things together that are gonna go into that cabinet and the fridge on that side and then like putting them back more efficiently and i'm just thinking myself like how much thought and has to go into that right in order for you to speed things up and like cooking with the fire lit under your ass all that it it makes the job like you said uh like more like a like less fun more of a job more focus on it and i'm I'm worried that it will take away the the fun from pizza making it is a relaxing thing that i like to do yeah, I do have some, um, I've never actually had like a real job inside like a restaurant, but I was a salesman for Cisco Foods. Mm-hmm. So I did uh, go into like a lot of the mom and pop restaurants dealt with the chefs uh, with their food orders. Um, but it's like surprising now that I'm in like accounting, uh, I work for a large healthcare organization. So like numbers are really important. But one thing that baffled me a lot was I would, I would ask them straight up, I'm like, how'd you do last year? You know? Uh, seemed like a pretty fair question. A lot of people didn't even know if they made money or lost money. So they're just kind of like, okay, I have X amount of dollars. I can pay my Cisco guy. I can pay my employees. So I must be doing all right. 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 So that kind of stuff kind of scares me as well. So I'm like, okay, I need to be able to make this amount of money, take home per month, pay my mortgage, you know, get my kids in college, et cetera. But if I don't even know if I'm making money on my restaurant, then how do I even know? Like, I could do that in the future so uh especially during these times I mean what's going on with the restaurants is just un- unbelievable to me um I mean I won't get into politics but it's like it's it's crazy how hard it is to survive right now in the restaurant business I was actually donating pizzas to first responders got a lot of help I even got a help from the tomato company I used um Bianca uh, DiNapoli they donated some tomatoes for me earlier in the pandemic and uh, I was using those for my uh, pizzas so it's kind of cool to see companies like that get on board with the pay it forward mentality and kind of as a thank you to these guys uh, give them something that they can look forward to or brighten their day but what I would do people would actually donate money to me and I would, I would actually go support local business or or buy gift cards from them because nice. um, like I said I can pay my mortgage, provide for my family, my current job. So I don't really need that money to survive. So I tell people I can make pizzas for you, but why don't you go to this place and support them? Cause they need it like way more than me. Yeah. That's, I mean, a lot of pizzerias need help right now. Um, and I, uh, I just think some of them are, are going to die, unfortunately. 
um, and some of them are going to survive and be stronger. But I, th one of the reasons why I think they're going to die is because their business was dying already. Yeah, possibly, that's a good point. Right? Um, be, maybe because they didn't know if they made a profit the last couple of years. A lot of people, like this, for instance, like going back to Cisco versus going to like Costco or uh, Restaurant Depot, they would be like, okay, you can get it cheaper at this place, right? So I'm going to spend three hours of my day going shopping for my ingredients <sighs> instead of running, instead of figuring out what I could do as far as a special or working on my business. Yeah. So I'm going to save $50 on my grocery bill. <sighs> but during that three hours, my employees are going to eat three or four pizzas. Uh, they're going to eat my profits and I'm not going to really focus on it. So a lot of people don't, don't really understand them. And a lot of these business owners don't understand the mentality as far as they need to yeah. you know, come up with different strategies, different uh, reasons for them, people to come back versus, Oh, uh, your cheese, your cheese is 10 cents higher per pound than this place. So I'm going to waste my half my day going to buy this. Oh, you're so, so it's right. Just like, it's, it's, it's like a, a mindset that these restaurant owners need to change because say if they're spending $50 more, right? How long does it take to sell $50 worth of pizza versus, versus spend a half your day going to save $50 on your grocery bill? Dude, so, you're right. So I think, I think if business owners are out there and they're doing the same thing, you need to stop what you're doing and actually focus on your business, uh, train your staff, uh, kind of hone in on what you need to start doing to, in order for you to become successful. Because right now you're not going to, your business isn't going to be saved shopping for your groceries, right? Right. So your business isn't going to be saved getting people in the door, getting them out and kind of figuring out what to do as far as how you're going to get your product to the, to the masses. Yeah. And I mean, look at it. I love the point you made earlier, protect your capital. If you're out there shopping at Restaurant Depot, yeah, your employees, the ones that you probably that you may be underpaying because you're cheap, um, are going to go eat your pieces and you could be selling those. I mean, you could lose oh, $50 worth of product like that. Oh, yeah. It's just uh, people don't think about the different things like this. So it's like, uh, obviously, I've never owned a restaurant, so I can't put myself in that situation. But if I were, I would actually, I would. Use, it's all about working smart, right? Use your resources. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason why places like Cisco have people come around to your business to take your order so you can be more efficient, right? I guess what time is money, right? So Oh, for sure. Time is way more valuable than money. Um I mean, obviously yeah. you have to there, there's a balance. Um Right, right. And I don't know if we can go into that, right? But obviously when when you're when you when you have enough money, then you start investing in how much more time can I get? Um cuz people got to stay above water uh first right. before they can think about that but going back to the whole cisco thing you know they they do that so that you can easily keep i'm sure they can send you reports you can track that stuff um and then you can and then you can really get an understanding of your business and right. there's just one quote that i uh, has been lingering in my mind that you know i've been talking to brian spangler he's been so gracious with his time and he, we were like talking like a couple like three times last week on the phone one thing he, that he said to me that really stood out was penny wise pound foolish have you heard that phrase before no no it means you're you're trying to save up on the pennies but you lose out on the pounds i think it, it's like an old british term like british yeah. pounds or dollar foolish right you're you're so focused on saving these pennies but you're missing out on the dollars where it counts oh yeah exactly and, exactly what i was trying to say yeah so important 
Yeah, it's crucial right now. And like like you said, people. I mean, you'll see restaurants go out of business, but like you said, they probably were on the brink of extinction anyways, right? So yeah, at this point, you got to kind of be creative and come up with different strategies. I know the sad part is all the stuff, you know, the outdoor tents, the plastic screens, all that stuff's coming out of their dime. So uh, I, I just feel really bad for the restaurant businesses right now. Uh, see things in like New York City, like no one's going to eat outside when it's 10 degrees outside, right? Uh, uh, it depends. I, I, I've seen um, I've seen this video from Polly G, and he's literally posting like people lining up for his pizza, and then it's like raining, and then like nobody inches <laughs> because oh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get this pizza, right? I mean, uh, if I was out there, I was like, I'd probably do the same thing. But <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're trying to spend like, well, let's just say pizza compared to like a fine dining restaurant, right? If you want oh, like yeah. a five course meal, and it's like a two hour ordeal you're not gonna be sitting out there freezing your butt off hell no unless you had the income to create this like fantastic experience with like heaters and you make it right, new right right but you can't be focusing on that creativity that thinking outside the box when you're focused on survival right you got to right, be in 100%. a different place and if yeah. you don't have the system set up uh to be able to free your mind for uh pivoting uh you're you got to focus on survival. Yeah, tough. I agree. I agree with that. So yeah, so right, yeah, that's, that's like I said, like right now, no, no more pizza classes for the time being. It's kind of sad, but it's also but, not really um, worth it for the end user and myself to kind of go back and forth with uh, having to cancel and you know re reschedule it so yeah it's i mean it's a lot of time on your end it's not safe i mean it could you could invite the wrong people over and it knocks you out from your job or your main hustle and it's not worth it yeah exactly yeah i don't worry about myself as much as like kids wife uh parents and grandma in-laws you know stuff like that but like you said it's not worth it at the time being so why yeah. why and plus, like, like let's go back to the uni community. I mean, there's so many people out there. Uni can't even keep um, stock. I mean, the the demand is so high right now, and they're they're working their tails off to get you know demand back. So it's like people complain about it, but they're trying to do everything they can do to get product to people. So uh, people want to learn the new skills. People are cooking in their backyard. So it's kind of cool to see, but it's also sad at the same time to see what's going on uh in the world and all the divide going on yeah so i think the cool thing is with the, the going back to the pizza and my personal instagram i i went I, I went from my personal instagram to pizza in the sack uh, almost exclusively it's because I was, I was just getting sick of the politics and the divide on social media and all the negativity so one of the cool parts about the, being in the pizza community is all the positivity out there yeah. So if the only thing we if the only thing we can disagree on is if pineapple you know, <laughs> belongs on pizza, I think we're in a good good position, right? So uh, yeah, it's like at the end of the day, who really cares, right? I'm team pineapple, but it's not like you're gonna like threaten me if I put pineapple on my pizza, unlike some of these other things going on in the world, right? So yeah, I think Let that's I think that's one of the positive things about the the community as well. Uh, which is why, you know, I, I basically got rid of Facebook. I only keep Facebook for 
uh, reposting my pizza, my pizza page. Uh, I was just getting, I just can't handle all the negativity out there. Yeah, seriously. If I love what you said. If all we're arguing is about pineapple, then it's when we live in a good world or a good community. Uh, that's, yeah. that's solid. If I never joined Instagram or the pizza community, I would never know what a Detroit style pizza was. I'd never had one in my life before uh, Instagram. So, I mean, the different regions you're in kind of uh, sway your pizza intake, right? So Sicilians, uh, Detroit's, stuff like that really wasn't in California or still is in California. There's still certain places that do it. But, you know, if you're going to a restaurant and you have no idea what a Detroit pizza is, but there's a New York pizza on the menu, you're probably going to get the New York pizza because you're like, I have no idea what the Detroit pizza is. So I think that kind of is one of the coolest things about joining the community and uh, getting out there and learning the new styles and techniques is, is uh, what I also enjoy. Yeah, that's, I, I love how inviting you make it sound. And because it, it is, it's, it really, really is that inviting. And so we welcome everyone, just be cool, only argue about pineapple pizza and- Yeah, <laughs> just don't tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, but at the end of the day, like I said earlier, it's like, I don't, hate on people can put anything on pizza right i'm not going to be like oh that's not pizza i understand that where people come from as far as like traditionalists but at the end of the day it's like a i consider it a blank canvas right so you can put like peanut butter and jelly make it a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or you can do a traditional margarita straight from naples where they have uh, the committee and you're doing everything you know by the book yeah it's still to me it's still going to be good yeah for sure i you're you're spot on it's it's your it's whatever you and your palate wants to eat exactly. and make do you yeah. exactly do you for sure and you know just go with whatever i mean my family is so picky like i can't even put basil on my kids pizzas right they think it's a vegetable well it probably is a vegetable i don't so but they, if they see a hint of basil on the pizza they want to eat i mean they're three and four years old right so yeah. I don't know how abnormal that is but it's like it sucks because i want to i want to like spruce it up but all they want is like the kevin McAllister, the straight cheese pizza and you almost have to hide the sauce but you just got to do what you got to do right so yeah. that's why it's nice to make multiple pizzas and do one for the kids and one for yourself it's it's important to note just as simple as it is with the kid example not everyone's going to love your pizza Right. Everyone's exactly. flavor profile is different, whether they're a kid or an adult or someone your age, but a different ethnicity. It's like your palate is unique to you. So, and what you think is great may be terrible for, I mean, hopefully it's not terrible, but it, it just may yeah. not, it just may not be their cup of tea. Yeah, I agree. So don't feel bad. Uh, luckily, luckily that's why there's so many different styles out there. And it's, it's great to kind of be a, uh, I don't know what they call it. Uh, have the tricks of all the trades or mm, jack of all trades when it comes to jack pizza. of all trades and not be a full expert in one but you know know all the different styles i mean if someone is listening to this that is new to pizza i 100 recommend getting the pizza bible by tony gemignani uh, i bought that um must a couple years ago must have been and just learning the different styles and uh, the knowledge on that book is basically the, the only book you'll ever need for pizza, I feel like. So. I love that book. I second that book. I'm going to make sure to link that 
in the description too if anyone is thinking about it um along with uh mike's uni referral links i don't know if you can get an uni right now um yeah it's on back order but like i tell it, people it's it's you might as well just order it now because you're going to be in the same situation in <laughs> april right oh dear or february yeah. you're gonna be waiting for one then yeah so it's, it's worth it's worth the wait for sure um uh, everyone i talked to that had to wait and have helped out you know they almost forget about the wait once they get it okay I was gonna, I was gonna hold off until the Gosney Dome, but then I saw it like on their Instagram, and I was like, I was kind of unimpressed. I was like, yeah. this thing is tiny, and I'm paying like fifteen hundred dollars for that thing. Yeah, yeah. Some of the features do look cool. I mean, I'm not gonna. Uh, obviously, I'm pro Uni, but I mean, the cool part about it is, which I tell people, it's almost like Apple and Android. So these companies basically have to just keep on evolving mm. and coming up with different new and exciting ways uh, to have the pizza ovens. So obviously the uni has the pellet driven, they have the wood coal with a gas attachment, they have the 100% gas. So I mean, what's next, right? Obviously I'm not, they don't give us any information, so I don't even know what's next. But if you can use your imagination, just think like, bits and pieces what Gosney's doing and if uni has to one-up them or vice versa just that's kind of cool for the pizza community right yeah i hope that's that that's their thought like what you said you know they gotta outdo each other because i would love to see that i would love to see rockbox 2.0 unicoda 18 or uh, yeah. whatever whatever they call it right just going at it with each other that would be sick yeah and at the end of the day it's going back to the restaurants right you can't if you're complacent and be like, okay, I'm gonna I have this Unicode of 16 for the next 10 years. Unfortunately, there's gonna be other companies that are gonna probably come up with more elaborate ovens, right? I, I don't know, so, man. Uh, some people some people are using those OG Baker's prides for years. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. I mean, if I had the Unicode of 60 for 10 years, I'd be super excited. But uh <laughs> that thing is awesome. At the end of the day, they have to just like you said, evolve and uh, come up with new things people want and also cater to the existing clientele, right? You're not just selling to new people. You, you're selling to, I think you're, I think the best customer is your existing customer. So if you have like myself, right? If I was an Uni 3 user and now I want to get a bigger oven, you're going to probably stick with Uni just like the Apple. If you're an Apple iPhone user, you're probably going to stick with Apple because you know the footprint. Right. So I think that's another thing is their, is their sales is pretty smart too, because they can uh, sell to the existing user. It's like a, it's a weird, it's a crazy following. It's almost like a cult following, right? So it people is. are pretty loyal to their brand as far as pizza ovens go. I, I think that's just like a natural human tendency, tendency, or at least it's one that we're developing. Like I could have gotten the new Dell XPS, whatever for like half the price because I've, i had like this hookup but i ended up getting the mac because it was already integrated with my apple and all that stuff and yeah. i can imagine somebody thinking the same way when it comes to being a uh an uni or a gosney um you know loyalist and right. getting getting the gosney peel versus the the uni turning peel whatever right and, and it works for them yeah but it's kind of cool i mean because going back to when i first started i I, have, I had no idea that gosney was around so 
I think that's probably super good on Uni's marketing, right? So they were marketing. It must have been like the cookies. I don't know how that stuff works, but I looked at it once. And I was looking at the videos on this thing. This thing is awesome. So now every every time I go on the internet, I'm going Uni three, Uni three, buy this, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, I, I I literally didn't do any other research. I, I was like, okay, this thing looks awesome. So I'm just gonna put this in my cart. And at the time we were moving to a new house, I didn't. I'm the type that I was like, if I want it, I'll just buy it myself, right? So we moved to a new house. So I was going to wait until I got into the new house and settled and then buy the oven. But crazy how that works as far as marketing. And I literally uh, just Googled pizza oven and the all the ads, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, uh, are all unis except for one. Yeah. Dude, Gosney is not advertising at all. It's crazy. I think that's... Uh... Obviously, if on Google, it costs uni money, right? But oh, yeah. they go through, um, I don't know how it works, but they go through like William Sonoma. They go through like Ace Hardware. Yeah. I think, uh, what's the other one? Bloomingdale's. Uh -huh. So I'm sure they pay for it as well. But that just shows you, I mean, say if you're paying X amount of dollars for marketing, right? But these people are buying their ovens. It's just yeah. the cost of doing business. And right. going back to the restaurant tour, it's like, why don't you focus on things like this? get people into your into your business rather than saving the pennies do you watch so, shark tank at all yeah actually one of my buddies was on there uh, season Sweet. i think it was season one so uh, that's that was pretty cool but yeah shark tank is yeah same thing yeah those guys are very smart yeah well there are so many numbers right uh i think Kevin O'Leary like is one of my idols and maybe because we have the same haircut, but he talks about customer acquisition, <laughs> lifetime value, all that stuff. Right. And those are simple, entertaining ways for you to learn more about business and then apply it super relevant. You can grab a bunch of those things and just apply it. And like you said earlier, go on YouTube, figure these things out, because if you open up a pizza business, whether it's a restaurant or uh, you become, you know, an educator or anything, right? We don't want you to throw in a ton of money and then losing your shirt over it. That would suck, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't wish that on anybody. And so right. these things are important to learn. Yeah. And then going back to someone's in the community and they want to learn on the financial side, since I am a accountant and I have the experience as far as like uh, Cisco, I live, um, like kind of like the Dave Ramsey style lifestyle where I don't, I don't, you know, pay the, I don't live like a very, I live basically debt free except for my mortgage. So I don't go out and have thousand dollar car payments and all this, all this crazy stuff. So if you're thinking about it that way, obviously if you're starting a business, there's so much that involved there. A lot of people don't have the capital to buy these pizza ovens or the mixers and stuff like that. Think about your return on investment, right? How long is that going to take? To pay off this how many pizzas do i have to sell daily to make this payment uh don't just think of the payment think of the payoff because once you have all your stuff paid off that's when you're really going to start making that that money coming in right if you're just worried about your payment that's where these people have troubles right now they have the big payments they have the big leases and they can't keep up with those uh, and also pay their employees and their food purveyors and stuff like that so just don't have, like you said, don't have too many eggs in one basket, you know, keep it simple. Another thing, if you're looking to do like pop-ups, right? Uni, I mean, for $300, you can have a pizza oven. So start small, have one pizza. And if it gets popular, buy a second one. It's like, 
for 600 bucks. And if say, if your pop-up fails, it's like, you're still going to be able to survive. <laughs> uh, or you, hopefully you'll be able to survive. Right. Obviously it's different in the, in the different for restaurants. Those things are thousands of thousands of dollars. I can't really give huge advice on that, but at the end of the day, just don't keep it, you know, keep it simple at first. Yeah. Almost like the in and out lifestyle, right? Or like five things on the menu. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. But just keep keep it simple. I mean, like use use your restaurant, use your menu, develop different items on your menu based off of the different ingredients you have. Don't make it like a cheesecake factory menu where you're buying <laughs> all this different food and say different things don't sell. Yeah. So and then you're, then you're wasting that food cost as well. For sure. Like Nat, I was just reading uh, Anthony Bourdain's book and he was like, oh yeah, I'm probably going to lose money on these uh, chanterelle mushrooms, but I'm going to make it back on the, on the bison. And I'm just thinking to myself, what? I, that yeah. makes so much sense, but I would have never thought of that myself. Right. 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 Like there's so many things to running a, a restaurant and a business like Lars uh, state of mind. Uh, was on Bruce's podcast. And for anyone who was looking to start a business, listen to that one first. It just came out. By the way, Lars was episode five on my podcast. Just want to plug myself. Um, but listen to that. And he says, go manage a pizza restaurant first and waste their money before wasting your $30,000 oh, or whatever. 100%. Dude, solid advice, right? It could yeah. be, and that could be applied to anything volunteer at a pop-up right or maybe help mike out with a pizza class if that's what you want to get into exactly uh, so many ways so many ways yeah, that's actually great advice uh i mean it's all it's, it could all be great in your mind but like go work and make x amount of dollars who can i actually went I'll, I'll go back to another i don't know how much more time we got i worked one night in a wood-fired pizza uh shop here in sacramento area and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't because I only wanted to work one night, but it ended up, you know, I have three kids and stuff. So the guy never really communicated back with me, but I was okay with it. And that one night I learned quite a bit of stuff, but it was also super crazy. It's like, okay, now we make our pizzas, right? I've had the uni, I can take five minutes to make my dough and perfect it. Those guys are just busting out like, if you're not shaping your dough within like 10 seconds, you're doing stuff wrong. You know, they're crank, they're cranking out pizza. So it's like, not only are these people worried about the perfect shape and they can, uh, you know, on social media and they can worry about, you know, if my pepperoni should go here and there. It's like, these guys are just busting out pies, throwing it on top. And then like, you know, just, you know, it's all about the volume, right? Seriously. So that's another, that's another mentality you got to think about if you are a guy used to making two or three pizzas on a weekend versus now you want to go and make a couple hundred pizzas. You're going to get swept up right off of your feet. Um, as soon as you open, if you, if you have never, uh, experienced that in the past. Yeah. And even like I said, making that 12 bucks or whatever people make minimum wage, uh, and working for six months and just getting your feet wet will save you thousands of thousands of dollars. You know, whether it's even if you open up the business and learn the skills or you're like, okay, uh, I, I learned a lot and now I don't even want to do this anymore. So it's, a, it's, it's, and people in these businesses probably want you, you to be upfront with them and be like, okay, I'm going to work six months for you. Uh, I'm going to work hard, learn as much as I can just to see if I can make my own business. 
because th those guys are actually like more serious probably than like a high school student it's like okay i just want to some you know money so I pay my car insurance right yeah those people are gonna are gonna be probably more loyal employees and uh, do what they need to do to learn versus someone who doesn't doesn't really care definitely uh, i'll be i want to tell a, a quick story and when I first worked at a pizzeria, that's exactly what I told the owners, except I didn't realize how long I was actually going to be there for. I told them I wanted to work there for three years. I did not realize how long that was. I thought I was going to be into it for a while. And it's, I didn't quit because I couldn't stay there for that long. I, I left in about seven or eight months because I needed my weekends back to be able to prep for my wedding. And and go on a honeymoon and all that stuff. So I couldn't I couldn't take extended time off without them being short staffed. So it's that easy to go find a restaurant and just be upfront and honest with them, but try to be considerate and give them a realistic uh, time horizon because they're gonna wanna know that too. Just, you know, yeah. food, you know, just uh, speaking from my experience at least. Yeah, and based off of my experience, the one day it's kind of funny, but like I worked there one day, I was like, I could maybe work there once a week for you, right? And then like, he's like, oh, okay, can you work this weekend? I'm like, no, I got to take care of my kids. I'm like making X amount of dollars. I'll be losing money yeah. paying for childcare. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it just, it just didn't work out. It's like, uh, I didn't even collect the paycheck, man. I was like, I don't even care about this. Yeah. They want to see like a, at least a little bit of commitment. And, and, and usually it's the weekends. So if you're not even willing to sacrifice your weekends, and I'm not saying you did a bad thing, obviously, I couldn't sacrifice my weekends. You're right. Childcare costs a lot of money. If you can't even sacrifice that, like do something else, learn a different yeah, way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, the restaurant, uh, it just might not be in your cards right now. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah. So it's all good advice, especially uh conversation we had. So definitely, bro. Is there anything you want to leave the listeners with? I think just uh if you're on the fence or you're new to the pizza community, feel free to reach out to myself or I can get you in contact with other people. Uh, and we're, we're here to lead you in the right direction. I mean, there's so many things out there, whether it's YouTube or different uh blogs out there that are that want to help you out, want to lead you in the right direction. So I'm all about having the experiences and having fun. You know, I'm almost like a anti video games, right? So do something that's going to make yourself happy, give yourself a skill that you're going to actually use for the future and just get out there and have fun with it. If you see my pizzas or like my buddy Eddie who makes the badass pan pizzas out there and you're like, oh, my pizza suck compared to yours. Well, just think to yourself, these guys had to start somewhere, right? So uh, always ask for advice uh, and then just get out there and you have some fun. It's all about having fun with it. You know, if you have fun with it, then it's going to be good, right? If you put too much stress on yourself, whether it's pizza or trying to be the next uni ambassador, then, you know, you're, you're, you're putting too much stress and it's not going to be a, a good time. And you, I think you're in it for the wrong reasons. Whether or not you, you chase that pizza restaurant, right? You yourself already have a business. And I think one thing that I'm sensing from you is that if Uni took away your ambassador status, uh, if Uni took away the, the, the financial incentive, I think you'd still be doing what you're doing uh, oh, because yeah. it seems to me like naturally you are an educator, someone who wants to help people, someone who loves pizza. And that in itself is already a great life to live 
at the end of the day, if Uni never reached out to me to be a part of their program and uh, team, uh, I would still be doing the same thing I'm doing right now. So I feel obviously humbled and honored to be on that team. I'm going to do everything I can to create content and help people out. But at the end of the day, like you said, if something happened or they got rid of the program, I would still be doing the same thing, still uh, helping people out, still repping Uni, you know, and uh, kind of loving that aspect. Definitely. I want people to think like, okay, would I still do this for free? Like, is that, that that's like a, a quick gauge on how badly do I love this thing? And I can tell you love yeah. this, man. So major yeah. ups to you. Cool. I appreciate that. Uh, I want to give you another chance. Any other, any other things you want to leave the audience with? I thought we, I thought we knocked it out of the park, man. This was, a yeah, man. I uh, appreciate the interview and podcast to say, uh, just like the first question you ask, just always ask yourself what's good though. Love it. Love it, man. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate you being on the show. We'll talk again. All right, man. Appreciate it. Mike, thank you so, so, so much for having a genuine, honest conversation with me. I learned a lot from you and I respect the business that you decided to take on. I wish you the best of luck and continued success. To you, the listener, thank you so much for spending your time with me and Mike today. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, please go show your appreciation by following Mike on social media at Pete's in the Sack, link in the show notes, along with his referral link to go get yourself an uni. Or you could go get a rock box like I did last week. Just kidding. Use his link hook them up. Everything is in the show notes, books, links, all that stuff. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Talk to y'all next week on New Year's Day. Till next time, peace.